For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Monday as we kick off a brand new week. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Please check me out on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. You can also send me an email about this show to Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Send me a note and let me know what's on your mind. Okay, as we start this brand new week, today I want to deal with the panic running through the Democrat communists, and how it's expressing itself. They have big problems, but they think they have other problems, which is what they usually say when they refuse to get off their actual problem, which is communism. We're going to take it all apart here, as we always do on this show. Also, I'm going to bring you the latest on the terrorism angle with regard to the open border, which I've been covering here on this podcast, but very few other people are. This is a top national security threat, which the propaganda press will not cover because they're too busy covering for the hair-sniffing hack in the White House or Delaware or wherever the ghost president is. I'm going to bring you the latest. Also today, we're going to talk with media critic Joe Concha 
about his fun new book about the catastrophe that is Joe Biden. Uh, It's a lot of fun, really smart book, so he will be here. All of that plus your emails coming up. First up, though, the Monica memo. So the Democrat communists have jumped the shark, pushing the American people way too far with their Marxist agenda and nonstop lies. Usually the left does this. This is what communists do throughout history. They always push people too far. They get too greedy with their power and with their Marxist agenda and their lies. So they push and push and push. And in the case of the American people, just like all people throughout the West, the American people will put up with a lot until they don't. They will put up with a lot until their back is up against the wall and they're pushed too far with this nonsense and that's when they rage back. The communists can't help it. This is in their job description. Push as hard and as fast as possible because they want to lock in the communism. They want to lock in the agenda. So they move with all deliberate speed. This is not just true here, but it's true throughout the history, really, of the West, but communism in general, unless you're talking about, say, the Soviet Union or China or North Korea or Cuba, where it's all done by the barrel of a gun. The communists here are moving in that direction. This is why they want you disarmed. But they're not there yet, so they still have to go through the ballot box. And they push and push and push, just like for eight years under Obama, right? So Obama was their perfect vehicle to get elected, slam into place big strides in terms of socialism and communism, starting with Obamacare, but really across the board. And then what happens? He gets reelected, right? First black president, can't defeat him. And then what happens? You get Donald J. Trump. They push so hard, so fast, people are just fed up with it because the result is a crushed economy, and we're seeing that now in spades, but it's also in terms of your quality of life, cost of living, of course, but your quality of life in terms of crime. What does every communist do when they uh, seize power? One of the very first things they do is empty all the jails. Let all of the violent criminals out free to roam, and cause violent mayhem. Why do they do that? Because communists need the violent mayhem. They need you distracted, so you're not paying attention to what they're actually doing, and they need you living in fear. Fear is the greatest motivator. Not love, not even hate, fear. What do you think COVID-19 was all about? A virus with like a 99.9% survival rate, and yet... The brainwashing and propaganda was all based on fear. Oh, you might die. Your family members might die. Get the vax. You don't want to kill grandma. All based on fear. Communists understand fear is the greatest motivator. Okay? So they want you divided. They want you distracted. And they want you living in fear. This is what they do. So they push and push and push. But then all of those policies eventually implode. And the people have enough. When they are not in a society like the Soviet Union or China or North Korea or Cuba where they're all disarmed and cannot fight back and have no recourse at the ballot box, they just have to sit there and take it. But we don't because we're not there yet. They want us there, disarmed, 
and, and immobile. They want us there, but they're not there yet. So they've got this huge problem going into November's midterms. So there, there, there are a couple of Democrats out there trying to publicly grapple what's, with what's going on. But they push the American people so far with this Marxist agenda and just constant lies. And in a few weeks, they are going to pay. But as usual with all leftists, they will not see themselves or their agenda as the problem ever. They're true believers in their mission to bring America to communism. And they will use fascist tactics to get there. So they're not the problem. You are. You rotten rubes who love your freedom and your guns and your faith, you are the problem. But they still need power to affect their agenda. And when you vote the wrong way, you prevent them from keeping up their revolution. Oh, why, oh, why are these rubes voting against us? Why do they not see the virtue of our Marxist ways, they ask. Well, in order to seize and maintain power, they need to have enough votes or at least enough votes to steal. So when it looks like they won't have enough votes, they panic. And they think they've got an image problem. Well, yeah, you got that right. Listen to this. So Congressman Sean Patrick Maloney of New York, he heads up the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. And he has stated recently that he feels his party has a, quote, likability problem. And elected officials need to talk like normal people instead of MSNBC hosts. Maloney spoke to the New York Times editorial board recently for an interview when they uh, endorsed his reelection. Maloney was asked by the Times deputy opinion editor, Patrick Healy, if elected officials from the Democrat Party are sometimes, quote, out of step with voters... There's an understatement. He asked, here's his question. I'm wondering about immigration or LGBTQ rights or another issue. He said, what do you see? Where do you see them out of sync, out of step? Maloney responded, quote, well, the way I've often put this to my colleagues is to say, if our positions and our policies are so popular, why don't they like us more? That's a good question. All right, guys, so let's stop right there. He could have answered his own question, if our positions and policies are so popular, why don't they like us more, by realizing that their positions and policies are not, in fact, popular, and that Americans are being hurt by them all day, every day. That's why. But no, there's no introspection about this at all. When Maloney was asked what his answer to that would be, he said people didn't, quote, have enough time to understand the solutions the Democrats were providing. So let's stop again right there, guys. You're too stupid to know what they're doing to you. He doesn't say stupid in this interview, of course. He says you're too busy. But what he really means is you're too stupid, And then he's got a third reason, quote, you'll find broad agreement in our caucus from the conservative Democrats to the most progressive that we have a likability problem, he said. My answer to that is we move really fast. See, 
And we are really passionate about the solutions we want to bring. And sometimes we don't give people enough time to understand what we're doing and to bring them along. Okay, so he admits that they're ramming their agenda through. That's what he says. We're moving really fast. But they think, or at least this is their spin, that they've got two problems. One, likability. Well, yeah, communists are pretty humorless, petty little tyrants whom nobody ever likes. Vladimir Lenin didn't get off the the train at Finland Station and start doing stand-up. You know what I mean? No one was making s'mores with Mao Zedong or having a mimosa brunch with Karl Marx. The second problem, according to them, is messaging and patience. If only we explained our horrific policies more clearly and slowly, you dumbbells would understand and get behind them. They either genuinely believe this will, or this is just their spin and they don't give a flying wit what you think. Maybe both. Maloney then said, Democrats sometimes, quote, are really clear on our own priorities, but don't ask about the priorities of the people they represent. Do you think? Quote, if I've had success in the Trump district, it's because I take seriously the priorities of the people I represent, not just tell them about my own. So, for example, Democrats could be much more intentional about our work in rural areas with veterans, with farmers, with people in communities that have not benefited from the global economy. We could talk to them like human beings. We could build a relationship with voters, he said. He went on to say that Democrats, quote, could be more comfortable on the factory floor or at least as comfortable on the factory floor as we are in the faculty lounge. He went on, I think that most of the voters that we ask about this uh, think that we're out of touch. They think we're elitist. We think we're better than they are, and they don't like it. Okay, guys, all of that is true. On that, he is correct. But the problem is that the leftist elites are where all of the energy and activism and money are. So, of course, that's where the party is going to go. The New York Times guy then asked Maloney, whose current district voted narrowly for Trump back in 2016, for an example of a Democrat phrase that does not sound authentic. All of them, he said. He went on to say, quote, I mean, listen, I don't know, anything that comes out of Chris Hayes's mouth. I mean, the fact is, if you listen to the way people speak on our cable news channels, I just want to stop right there. Our cable news channels, by that he means MSNBC and CNN. And isn't that interesting that a top Democrat refers to those quote-unquote news organizations as our cable news channels? Man, sometimes they just let the cat out of the bag, don't they? He goes on to say, I love Chris Hayes. But the point is, if you listen to the way we talk and communicate, it is not the way my voters talk. It's not the way my neighbors talk. It's not the way my family talks, he said. If I'm talking to a sheet metal worker in Pine Bush, he doesn't talk about communities of color. He doesn't use the word rubric. He doesn't talk about the first-generation folks working in Newburgh don't use the word Latinx. Most people don't understand who are cisgender, why they need to put pronouns in their email signature. Okay, again, correct. This is a solid reading of what is going on. 
But again, the far left is the center of gravity for the Democrat communists. And as long as they're driving the bus, nothing is going to change. Maloney can't change it, and he's uh, in the leadership. So they think that they've got a messaging problem or a likability problem or whatever, when in fact, they have a communism problem, which they are not willing to change because it's who they are, what they believe, and what they intend to do. All right, when we come back, I want to give you an update, and it's related to all of this because the wide-open border is part of the communist strategy to overwhelm and ultimately implode the system. I'm going to bring you an update on the wide-open border and the terrorism problem associated with that and Afghanistan, seeing as I'm pretty much the only one swinging on this out here. I'm going to bring you an update about that coming straight up, and a little bit later, the great Joe Concha will join us with his new book called, Come On, Man. We'll be right back. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier, too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. All right, welcome back. I want to turn now to the threat of terrorism uh, based on two things, the wide open border and the catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan. So as you know, as regular listeners to this program, we have been covering this here. Uh, We're one of very, very few people who are actually dealing with that particular angle. Um, We're focused on all kinds of threats that are coming at us, including the most important and dangerous one, which is the weaponization of our own government against us. We have incoming from every direction, guys, right? And we've got a lot of really big threats, including the CCP, Iran marching toward a nuclear weapon. You've got Putin in, in Ukraine threatening the use of nuclear weapons. I mean, it's, uh, the threats are all over, and they are escalating. 
But there is an immediate and urgent threat, which very few people are talking about except for me and maybe a few others. But that is the threat of terrorism here at the homeland directed directly against the American people. And it is grounded in those two things, the catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan, which created a major power vacuum into which all of our enemies have flowed. China, Russia, uh, the Taliban obviously in control, Iran, ISIS, and Al-Qaeda, which are in the process of reconstituting themselves. Nobody is really focused on the terrorism threat here, but it is real and it is escalating. Dozens of suspected terrorists on the U.S. terror watch list have been apprehended at the southern border since Biden's been in office. And again, a direct result of what happened in Afghanistan by his hand and the the open border where suspected terrorists can just walk into the country. Dozens and dozens of them have been apprehended. And God knows how many more have come in that we don't know about. As I've covered before on this podcast, there was an airlift of 85,000 Afghan refugees into our country That was an unmitigated disaster. Remember when Jen Psaki went to the podium and she was asked about, well, how vetted are these people coming in? She's like, oh, we have a database. We're looking into all of these people. They are being vetted. That was all nonsense. It was a straight up lie. Afghanistan is basically, you know, a pile of rocks. They do not have a database of every citizen. They don't even have a terrorism database where they can say, oh, you know, this person is flagged. None of that. None of that. So all of these people that we just indiscriminately piled on these planes and brought them into the United States, 85,000 of them, none of them have been vetted. And people were trying to make the distinction, wait a minute, there were actual decent Afghans who were really helping the U.S. military and our intelligence services for the last 20 years at great risk to their lives and to their families. And yeah, we were paying them during that period of time, but they did amazing work for us. They should be allowed exit out of the country and into the United States, but not people that we haven't looked at. And yet it was just a hot mess where they just, anybody who could get on the plane, got on the plane and they were brought here. I've been all over this story because this is a threat that keeps me up at night, among many. We can see a catastrophic attack coming down the pike, and the Biden regime is encouraging it. Forget about trying to stop it. They're doing everything in their power to make it happen. If they didn't want it to happen, if they thought it was a threat, they would have handled Afghanistan more responsibly and enforced the border at any time during this mess of a presidency. But he hasn't changed course, nor will he. Nor will he. Again, part of the overall neo-Marxist, communist transformation of the country. They want the chaos. They want the catastrophe. If they didn't, again, they would have changed by now. Even just out of the desire to survive November's elections, But no, there's been no change because they have to make up for all of the lost time that they lost under Donald Trump. So it's full steam ahead, just as Maloney said, as I brought to you in the first segment, where he said, yeah, we're moving really fast. Again, they're trying to make up for all the lost time under Trump. So they're going with all deliberate speed. And they did here with letting in all kinds of potential terrorists to plot and kill us all. There was no vetting. 
According to an IG report out of the Department of Homeland Security, and I brought this to you a couple of weeks ago, the DHS did not, quote, have critical data to properly screen, vet, or inspect the evacuees. Now, get this, there's a new Inspector General report coming out showing that they struggled to track the refugees who left bases housing them here in country. So they were brought here, they were put on military bases, and they were housed, and the military and other groups lost control. They lost track of them, and all of these people basically left the bases, melted into the country. From the new report, quote, the UCG struggled to track Afghan evacuees who independently departed safe havens. Independently departed is a euphemism for they fled. They took off, took a powder. UCG officials had difficulties documenting when independent departures occurred. In other words, the Afghans bolted and no one knows where the hell they are. We have unvetted Afghans just wandering around our country. The regime doesn't even know the exact dates that these Afghans walked off. Could have been the middle of the night, could have been broad daylight, no one knows. Quote, the process of tracking independent departures, meaning taken off, for one safe haven in particular, demonstrates the difficulties that UCG officials encountered. In January and February 2022, resettlement agency staff informed UCG officials at the Joint Base McGuire-Dix Lakehurst safe haven that they could not locate some Afghan evacuees to provide resettlement assistance. UCG officials attempted to locate them by posting the evacuees' names in a common area at the safe haven, messaging a mobile app used by the evacuees, I guess we gave them phones too, and calling the evacuees uh, or their U.S. points of contact. All these efforts, the Joint Base McGuire-Dix-Lakehurst safe haven, determined that some of the evacuees had already departed. And then there's like this long list of on January 19th, on January 28th, on February 10th, evacuees were confirmed not to be on base, but it was undetermined when they left or how, according to this IG report. So potential terrorists on the loose. So what? Who cares? You hear a lot about incompetence with the Biden administration. People are like, oh, they couldn't retain these people on these bases or track them somehow, that's incompetent. No, it's not incompetence, guys. This is all by design. This report also states that at the same time that federal employees were being fired for not getting the COVID shot, about 500 Afghan refugees left these bases without more vaccination or tuberculosis screening. So mandates for you, but none for potential terrorists. You understand what's going on here? Why am I pretty much the only one covering this story? Fox News has, you know, the story about the Afghans and so on, Breitbart, some others. But all of this is being done on purpose and no one else has the stones to put it all together and talk about it. Good thing I'm here. Man, this is a huge story. Nobody else is covering it because they want to protect the regime They don't want to look politically incorrect, but they'll have to cover it if and when we have another 9-11 or worse. They've gotten more sophisticated, okay? Could be worse. Then they'll all be like, how could this have happened? 
when we know exactly how it will happen. I hope I'm wrong about this, guys, but if I'm not, you heard it here first. Pray for our country, man. Pray. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to the great Joe Concha about his brand new book. But first, with the consumer price index going up yet again, the stock market has been very volatile. And what's our illustrious leader doing to quell the surge of inflation that's destroying American families? Oh, yeah, he's spending more money and adding to the burden. Don't bury your head in the sand while your savings get decimated. Do something about it. Text Monica to 989-898 and Birch Gold Group will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. These are great people with almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs. Don't allow the left to devalue your savings. Text Monica right now to 989-898 and claim your free no obligation info kit from Birch Gold. Again, you can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account, and Birch Gold will help you do it. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out right now. Text Monica to 989-898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. We'll be right back. Well, I am absolutely delighted to welcome my good pal, Joe Concha. Joe is a Fox News contributor, a media and politics columnist for The Hill, and the author of the brand new book, which is right on point and very funny, called, come on, man, the truth about Joe Biden's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad presidency. It's out now wherever you get your books, and he joins me now. Hi, Joe. What a great introduction. You got my PayPal, so I'm glad to see that worked. (laughs) Oh, no, we're boycotting PayPal now because they want a CCP-style social credit system, so we're we're done with PayPal. But I will accept other forms of payment, Joe. Right, done. I meant Venmo. What was I thinking? Uh, Yeah, thanks for the uh, the introduction. Um, Can I share a funny story about the book that goes right into media bias? Please. Okay, so... And you've had books before. I, I know I've seen them, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So when you write a book, you hope to get on a bestseller list because that shows, hey, we're doing really well. And obviously the publisher's happy. You're happy. You got a certain sort of prestige uh, if you're on certain lists. So when the Wall Street Journal's bestseller list came out, I was number seven for the week, which if you've never written a book before and you somehow could get all the way up to number seven, you take that, right? And so very happy. Publishers Weekly, make that bestseller list too. I'm like, oh, wow, we're two for two. Amazon, I make that bestseller list too. We're three for three. Then the New York Times <laughs> rears their ugly head. And they somehow found that I did not qualify for their bestseller list, despite the fact that there are nine books on there that I know now for a fact I sold more copies of. So how that happened, I'm sure we know they just didn't like the title and they're trying to protect Joe Biden, even if that means taking a book that should be on a bestseller list off that list 
because they don't like a title that says it's the truth about Joe Biden's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad presidency, Monica. Yes, of course. No. And if they had to put you on the list, which, as you point out, according to the stats and the actual number of sales, you should be on that list. Um, But it would be so embarrassing for that. They cringe every time they've got to put a conservative book on the list. They just die. Um, And I'm sorry that they're doing this to you, but they've done it to a lot of people. And uh, we understand why with your title, (laughs) for sure. Oh, totally. But listen. I even even found that in 1983, somebody sued them uh, for not putting uh, his book. And there's a guy who wrote the exorcist. Now I think about mm. it as a matter of fact, and uh, he sued because he's like, look, you know, this hurts my ability to earn. If I'm a New York times bestseller, that helps me with future deals. Uh, that, 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 that allows me to, to pitch myself to perhaps other publishers to say, Hey, if you want me, I'm a New York times bestseller that there is a cachet to it. And they had to admit in court that they base their decisions more on editorial decisions than, you know, actual numbers. It, it's like watching the Mets, uh, lose six to nothing to the Padres last night. And then the New York Times declares that the Mets still won because they just felt like they liked them better. Right, <laughs> that's, that's right. That's how it works at this point. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, no, it's exactly. Well, listen, you know the truth about your numbers. I understand the damage that this kind of bias does to lives and livelihoods, including yours. But this book is fantastic. It's taken off. You are on some bestseller list. So screw the New York Times. Who cares? No one, no one, no one reads them anymore unless you're a left wing wacko. All right. So congratulations on this book, Joe. Again, it's called Come On, Man. And it does make a serious case of the precarious state of the country. But it's also very funny. And I, you know, as I'm looking at it, I realize if we don't have some humor these days, we will lose our minds, which is why I try to bring some humor on this show as well. And you know what, while we're trying to save America, if we don't laugh, we cry. And there's no crying in our mission to rescue this country, right? Oh, God, yeah. And and there was just so much material to work with on the comedic front, right? And I don't embellish, I base a lot of this material on Joe Biden's own words and what he wrote in his own book. So a chapter 12, I had to give an entire chapter to the whole corn pop episode, which easily is one of the best, worst stories you'll ever hear. And, and uh, if you don't mind, Monica, I could uh, regale the uh, and, and sh- sharing this with the audience. Would that be cool? Sure. OK, so, you know, everybody heard about corn pop during the, the campaign and Biden bought him up and called him a bad dude. But I don't think people know the, the real backstory, according to Joe Biden. So when he's 19 years old, he decides that he wants to be a lifeguard at a pool that's in a predominantly black community. And he says the reason why he did that was because he wanted to get to know the black community better, which no 19 year old who wants to be a lifeguard ever considers that when weighing where they want to be a lifeguard. But regardless, that's what he says, because he virtue signals for a living. Right. So he takes the job. One day he's on his perch and then this gang shows up called the Romans. Right. And and the leader of this gang, it's a real person or was anyway, he died in 2016, but it was a real person. And uh, his name is Corn Pop, which sounds like a serial, but it's actually a gang leader. And this isn't Watts, it's Wilmington. So Corn Pop decides that he wants to do a, a cannonball right off the high dive. And as he's going up the ladder, suddenly Joe Biden goes from David Hasselhoff to you know Clint Eastwood and starts screaming at him, says, who do you think you are, Esther Williams? You're going to put on the proper bathing attire. And that includes a bathing cap before you get off that go off that diving board. And meanwhile, all of the other gang members that that report to Corn Pop are playing like sharks and minnows in the pool, and they hear this lifeguard completely humiliate their leader. So when he gets off work, of course, they're waiting for him in the parking lot with knives, and they are going to kill him, according to Joe Biden. So then he walks out, he grabs the thing that separates the low end from the deep end, and goes right up to Corn Pop and says, 
I'm not going to apologize for calling you Esther Williams. And Esther Williams was a, a female swimmer and actress at the time. He says, I will apologize, though, for yelling at, at you for not wearing a bathing cap. And Corn Pop looks him up and down. Again, this is all according to Biden, says, OK, we're good, and walks away. If you believe that that ever happened, <laughs> yeah. if you believe we're at zero inflation, Monica. Yeah. No, it's just, it's, I mean, it's a classic story, Corn Pop. And every once in a while, you look on Twitter and Corn Pop is trending because yes. people are just using that just false and hysterical story um, just to paint Biden exactly what he is. And he's always yeah. been a hack and a jerk. And now he's a hack and a jerk with dementia. So, Joe, does anybody, and with, and with well, a lot of power doing a lot of damage. So, does yeah. anybody still believe at this point that he actually received? received 81 million votes. I mean, come on, man. It's, you know, what bothers me about the stolen election talk is that you would have to believe that in Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, that everybody was able to pull this off and nobody, everybody's keeping that a secret. And that's a hard thing to do. I would think somebody would say, all right, I'm going to start talking unless you give me $10 million to whoever ran this organization. All of that said, though, I think voting the way they do it in Florida and Ohio, where you get election results that night or the, the following morning without any problems whatsoever, because Florida learned from 2000, right? That's how you should run elections on the state level. Instead, to your point, why so many people are suspicious about that last election is because Pennsylvania, for whatever reason, allows for all this early voting for weeks and weeks. And then they say, you know, we're not going to count one vote until all the votes are in on election day. And what that does is you go from Donald Trump being up something like 57% to 30 whatever percent, right? Uh, or 41%, I think it was at the time, at the night of the election to, hey, five days later, Joe Biden's leading. And people say, how is that possible? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it creates complete and total confusion. So we, we have to fix that part or else there's going to be suspicion forever. Now, to your point, I don't think he got 81 million votes in this in this capacity. I think almost all of them wasn't a yearning for the Biden brand. It was an anti-Trump vote because the media made the entire focus on Trump going into that election instead of scrutinizing the guy who had the 50-year record where there was plenty to scrutinize about. And then obviously we saw what happened with social media suppressing and censoring the Hunter Biden story like you're like we're living in Pyongyang, right? Pyongyang, I should pronounce that correctly. Uh, so yeah, there was a lot of collusion between media, social media, and everything else to make sure that Joe Biden got over uh, the finish line, but it certainly wasn't a normal election. That I will say. Right. And they're trying to do the same thing for November here, trying to make it all about Donald Trump. And I think there's yeah. yet to be another October surpri surprise involving Trump uh, to try to spin this whole election. This is what yeah. they do because they can't run on their record. You know, I mean, every day under this President Joe brings a new catastrophe. And I, because I worked at Treasury, I often focus very intensely on the economy. And the fact that President Trump handed him a thoroughly rebounding economy with major job recovery and little to no inflation and buck 90 uh, a gallon gas in the space of a few months, Biden and the Democrats torpedoed the entire thing. And, and we, we talked about before you, you said hack and jerk. Uh, and, and but this is now one that has power and he's been incompetent his whole life in terms of every instinct he's ever had. He's like the George Costanza president. Right. Where, where Jerry says, you know, George, if every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite must be right. Well, that, that's what basically Biden should do in terms of the way he goes about things. And if you hear from, say, his former defense secretary and Robert Gates under the Obama Biden administration, he says that Joe Biden has been wrong about every foreign policy decision he's ever right. made. Those are his words, right? Not mine. But then you go to economy 
And, and the fact that everything you just mentioned in terms of Democrats not being able to run on their own record, this isn't Joe Biden was handed a, a horrible hand and he's a victim of circumstance. In other words, John McCain in 2008, that's a horrible hand when the entire economy tanks in, in September, two months before an election. Yeah, I don't care who you're running against. You're probably going to lose if you're the party in power, because as the economy goes, so do elections. But in this case, he's not a victim of circumstance, Joe Biden. This is the guy, along with his handlers, along with the Democratic Party, really think it's a good idea to spend trillions upon trillions and then have the audacity to tell the American people that we're doing this to lower inflation, which any kid with a lemonade stand knows that that's not how the economy works. And then the border, you can tell me all you want. Oh, the border is secure. It's closed. No, it's not. We're allowing close to 5 million people to come into this country, documenting it otherwise in the first two years of this presidency. That's equivalent to the population of Ireland. All right. I mean, that, that's how many people. And then all the fentanyl coming in as well, killing Americans 300 a day on overdoses. And he doesn't care, despite the fact that he has a son that had a severe drug problem. You think he would stick his hand into this a little bit, but oh, no. And then obviously with crime, cashless bail, he doesn't say a thing about that. I live near New York. I see it every day when I'm in the city is not the city it was under Giuliani and Bloomberg. And again, crime, border, education, economy, everything that's going wrong now is because of what Democrats have done and not because of God just deciding to, to give them some bad luck. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned the fact that they all just lie with impunity and we cover these lies every day on this podcast, uh, Joe, but you're also a media critic. So I, yes. as I often say, the reason that the left, including Biden, um, can get away with all of these lies is because they have the protection of the press. And when you have the protection of the press, you can literally get away with anything. So they're out there gaslighting the American people all day, every day, when our lived experience is something completely different, but they don't care because they know that not only will the press not hold them accountable for those lies, but they will actually amplify those lies. Isn't it amazing that I'll give you everything you just said is true. And I'll give it to you one little microcosm that just says it all. Okay. CNN has a fact checker. His name is Daniel Dale. And Daniel Dale was hired by Jeff Zucker in 2019. I want to say it was June of 2019, strictly to fact check Donald Trump. And this kid was on the air every day, sometimes multiple times a day, more than 500 times leading up to the 2020 election day. Then after Biden's elected, you can find Liz Cheney at Mar-a-Lago, Monica, before you find this guy on the air. And, and FoxNews.com just did a, a great little research piece showing that Daniel Dale, CNN fact checker, holding truth to power or something like that, or speaking truth to power, uh, has done exactly one fact check of Joe Biden since June. And, and that's what, four months? I, I could probably find 100 things to fact check Joe Biden about when it comes to, oh, we're at zero inflation. Or, no, we're not really in a recession, even though we've had two straight quarters of negative growth. Or, oh, I bought down gas prices faster than anybody in history. I love that one. That's the best one. That's like me, Monica, gaining 50 pounds. And then I'm like, oh, boy, the wife is not liking where this is going right now. I'm going to go on a diet. <laughs> And I lose five pounds back in a month. And then I declare to her, I said, honey, I've never lost weight so fast in my life. Don't I look great? No, you're still 45 pounds overweight. So that, that, that's <laughs> right. the thing. They sell us on this. And then the media, to your point, kind of goes along with it sometimes. Like you'll see these think pieces. You know, Biden does have a good point when it comes to inflation being at zero. No, it's not. It's at a 40-year high. People feel this on the ground. And that's why I think a red tsunami is coming. Uh, like our friend Larry Kudlow believes uh, in terms of being an optimist in November, Republicans take back the House. They take back the Senate. 
And then you have a rudderless ship in Joe Biden in the White House where then his party will turn on him and he will announce that he's not running in 2024. You could save the podcast. You save the tapes here, Monica, right? I, I will. And I have long been saying that there's no way. The only person who thinks that Biden is running again in 24 is Joe Biden because he's a demented fool, but everybody else understands quite well he will not be the nominee. Final question for you, Joe, before I let you go. If it's not Joe Biden, obviously they've got another huge problem in Kamala. What are the Democrats going to do? Any predictions? They think, Monica, that Gavin Newsom is their savior. That, that's oh, what, when you talk yeah. to Democrats, you know, the sensible mm-hmm. ones, more and more, they say, okay, he's young, we got to go younger, and boy, look at that hair. And, you know, every, everything about Gavin Newsom in terms of him being a credible and viable candidate goes strictly to aesthetics. <laughs> because right. it's not the hair. I pray, right? This is my dream matchup, okay? And, and this is no disrespect uh, to those who uh, supported the 45th president. I supported all of his policies. But I would love to see... Ron DeSantis versus Gavin Newsom. And all you have to do is then make it about, would you rather live in Florida or California? Would you rather have 13.3% income taxes or 0% income taxes? Would you rather have the highest poverty rate in the country or one that's infinitely lower in Florida? And does your business thrive in Florida where it doesn't in California? Yes, it does, because many businesses are leaving California for places like Texas and Florida. So, yeah, that that would be a, a very, very fun matchup because, again, you would have a choice between would you rather live in the Sunshine State or would you rather live in the Golden State? And I have a feeling that nine out of 10 people, if they just based it on issues alone and, and not on rabid partisan prisms, would choose Florida. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we don't know what Donald Trump is going to do. Uh, I think he's likely to run if, you know, he's not tied up with legal issues and everything else that they're trying to do to him. But your bigger point is absolutely correct, Joe, which is that is the battle. That's the debate and discussion we need to have. California, I was just there last week speaking at the Nixon Library. It is a dystopian hellscape like New York and Illinois and Massachusetts and the rest of the blue states are. But as California versus Florida, Florida. That is the debate nationally we need to have. So we'll we'll see how it all shakes out. And of course, you will be back on this podcast to talk about it, I hope. Oh, yeah. Well, well definitely. This oh, fantastic. You know, when we do Fox, where we're done in five minutes here, we, we could we could have a conversation. It's and, 20, 25 minutes. It's beautiful. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. Oh, no, you're, you are my longtime friend, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you. The book is smart. It's on point. It's very funny. It's called, Come On, Man, The Truth About Joe Biden's Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Presidency. You Just go get it. Wherever books are sold, you will absolutely love it. Joe Concha, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Monica. And yes, screw the New York Times. Absolutely. Go get Joe's book and force the New York Times to put it on the list. Best of luck, Joe. Thanks so much. Thanks, Monica. Okay, guys, time now for the Monday email bag. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com is our email address. If you want to drop me a note, please do. Robin writes about my speech last week at the Nixon Presidential Library in California. Monica, I was able to view your speech tonight on YouTube. I accidentally came across your live speech while listening to an old interview about Elvis. I love that. By the way, Robin, President Nixon and Elvis, that photo when Elvis came to the White House, and I think it was 1972, um, that photo is the most request presidential photo ever. So if you don't have a copy, 
go to the nixonfoundation.org and order it. Uh, Robin goes on to say, your speech was wonderful and absolutely on target. I do appreciate your integrity and wisdom regarding our present situation in our country. I admire your patriotism to our great and blessed nation. I enjoyed listening to your podcast. God bless you and God bless America. Well, such a nice note, Robin. Thanks so much for the sweet words. I'm so happy that you stumbled upon my speech about both Presidents Nixon and Trump uh, is what I addressed last week at the Nixon Library and pulling it all together in terms of what's happening in America today. Being at the Nixon Library is such an emotional homecoming for me. I'm going to put up some photos of my time there on my Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore. So please follow me there and check out those photos. I believe you guys can also see my speech posted at nixonfoundation.org if you missed it. So please check that out as well. I have to say it was one of the more important addresses that I've given in recent times, the tying together of all of the forces trying to destroy the country. We all need to understand what's exactly going on so we can fight it. That's what I try to do every single day on this podcast, and it's what I did at the Nixon Library last week. So I'm glad you saw it and appreciated it so much, Robin. Thanks again. Check it out at nixonfoundation.org. Okay, that's going to do it for me on this Monday. Thanks so much for being here and for checking out our great sponsors. We all really appreciate that. Have a good start to your week, and I will see you right back here with another huge show on Wednesday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.